Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com. Joined by Jeff Fiegels, I am John Schmelk. The phone number for you is 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. If you want to participate in the show on social media, head there. I'll try to keep an eye on your tweets over the course of the show. Giants uh, lose their first game of the season, a 20-15 loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, and Jeff, we spoke last week and previewed this game, and I, we both had it around 17-13, 20-17, so we were kind of in the ballpark on where we thought this would land. Um, we'll get into some details first, but yeah. to me, this was a game where the Giants had ample opportunities to make the plays necessary to win the ball game, and we'll get to the specific reasons in a moment, but there were a various number of plays and reasons that fell for different reasons that the Giants came up short and didn't get, frankly, enough points because that's why they lost. You know, you're not going to win many games scoring 15 points, right? And that's why they came up short. Yeah, they didn't last year. They only scored average 19 last year. Right. So going into this game, we knew that they needed to score more than 19, in my opinion, just even though if you didn't know the score coming out of it today. But I think I was hoping that they would score in the low 20s, we thought. Um, but just like any game, uh, there's always if you when you break it down, there's always a chance you look at it and say, yeah, this this play could have <coughs> could have won your game. You could have done this, could have done. I think before everybody gets crazy and starts going nuts on this offensive line, it certainly does need a lot of work. We know that. I, I have to. You got to kind of get an idea of who they played against yesterday. Okay, so um, I still think that this is a working progress. I said it before. This team has got a long ways to go. This five guys are new. They have not played a lot of football together. Um, and they're going to get better. Yes, the right-hand side is a concern. De Eric Flowers is definitely a big concern, but, you know, is there anybody else, John? No, there's not. Um, so right now, that's who you're going to get, and he's going to have to play better, and he knows that. And look, the right side was the worst of the group, and Flowers was the worst of the group. I don't think anybody would, you know, argue that based on what we saw. Coach Shermer spoke today. He said he was just like everybody else. He had some good plays, some bad plays, and they'll try to work on it. Uh, we've learned from Coach Shermer he's not going to you know, blow up his guys in the media. That's not how he operates. So I think fans no. need to be prepared for that. Um, that's not going to change. I think that's kind of one of his tenets that, he, that he's not going to deviate from. Um, and look, Flowers has to get better. No one's going to argue that. Um, he has to improve, and they'll try to get him better. Um, but here are a couple things I want to throw out there. One, he wasn't the only issue on the offensive line. I went back and I watched every play this morning. Will Hernandez had two or three blow-up plays. Nate Solder had two or three blow-up plays. Patrick Omame had some mistakes. John Halapio wound up in his back on a play that I saw. Um, all five guys had their issues. Um, and it wasn't really a matter either of Jacksonville, Jeff, running a lot of games, running a lot of twists and stunts. It was a lot of just one-on-one, beat you one-on-one type of deals. So um, that has to get better. And I, I don't think anybody denies that. And... <clears throat> The issue, though, and I know we're going to get calls about it. Oh, go sign this guy. Go sign that guy. Go bring him, and he's an improvement. There's a reason the guys that are on the street are on the street. All right? You want to bring them in to try them out? That's great. I have no problem with that. But this pro personnel staff has access to every snap these guys have taken in their career. Last year, this preseason, you name it. They can watch everything. Right. They know what these guys are. If they thought any of these guys were better than the guys on the roster, they'd be here. Jeff, I walked in last Tuesday after the Giants set their first 53-man roster, it changed like six times after that, they literally had about 20 guys in here trying out, okay? They were trying to find better players. They overturned 15% of the roster after they announced their final 53. Mm -hmm. So they were really trying hard to find players, okay? If they thought guys were better, they'd be here. 
And don't call and say, well, it can't hurt, just bring him in. That's not how the NFL works. So don't call in and say that because I'm not going to listen to you. Right. And again, I have no problem bringing guys in to try out, see if they're better. If you find the better player, great. But I have to trust the personnel staff here to know what offensive lineman is better than I do. That's their job. It's not mine. Well, I will tell you this. Um, from a salary cap standpoint, this week, you can go sign a veteran, and, and if you do sign him, you don't have to give him his whole contract. So there it may isn't be, guaranteed for the year. There right. may be somebody out there they were waiting for in week two, sure. and you know, and typically um, most teams on Tuesdays is the is the week that they try out guys. Um, a lot of teams are are very regimented when they do it. You know, the second week of the of the season is wide receivers. The third week of the season is linebackers. Da da da. With the, with exception to a couple other players, so there will be workouts tomorrow because there always is. Okay, will it be a left tackle, right tackle? I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, flip it to the defensive side. The defense had a chance to make some great plays, too. I mean, are we going to get anybody to contain on the outside and, and get some, some you know. <laughs> set the edge. Set the edge. And then how about the how about the bootleg, the RPO bootleg again? I mean, did we not just see that three weeks ago? You got, that's a big mistake yesterday with Blake Bortles running 40-something yards. Yeah, and then real quick, and I, and I want to hit on the defense too, Jeff, but two other things on offense. You would drop passes. Um, Evan again. Ingram had a drop. Again. Maybe two, depending on how you want to judge that one deep one down, down the little sideline there on the right. Uh, Sterling Shepard on the final drive had a humongous drop on a first and 10 which would have went for either seven or eight yards, maybe even a first down, and that's the series in which they ha turned it over on downs on fourth down. And you're in second and short. That's a great situation. Um, the failed two-point conversion where uh, we found out today that they called the pass. Eli saw what he saw, audible it to a run. And then I looked at the tape. I'm not in that meeting room. I don't know for sure, but it sure looked like to me that run was supposed to go to the right, and Barkley went left. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure what happened there. A uh, couple plays where Eli had clean pockets and didn't make accurate enough throws. We yep. had a couple of those, too. So there's plenty of blame to go around, and you lost to a good football team. Defensively, I think there were a couple issues. You mentioned the one not setting the edge. I thought the interior run defense, Jeff, was actually pretty good. There wasn't a lot up the middle. Um, the rush defense, at the end of the day, the numbers don't look good, but... Well, you had 41 yards of Blake Bortles. Well, that's my point. 28 carries, 137 yards, 4.9 yards per carry, but 41 of that came on the Bortles run. So you take that out. Now the Giants were lucky that Fournette left with the hamstring injury. There's a whole different game if Leonard Fournette's healthy in that second half. Yes. He's a much better runner than nothing taken away from TJ Yeldon, but Leonard Fournette's a, a, a different animal. And so when you, when you take away numbers, take away the 68-yard run by Saquon Barkley, the Giants only average maybe two and a half yards a carry on their running. So that's something yeah. they need to do better too. And then not enough pass rush. I I mean, look, the, the Jaguars aren't going to, Jeff, call a lot of five- and seven-step drops. It's not what they do. They're going to run play action. They're going to get Bortles on the move. They're going to do some tricky stuff. They're not going to let him sit back there and read the whole field for five seconds and make a decision. That's not what they do. So the pass rush opportunities were a little bit limited. But with that being said, they did not affect the opposing quarterback nearly enough to force the type of turnovers you need if you want to beat a team like the Jaguars. Yeah, and even without the pressure, Blake Bortles is going to throw you the football. Obviously, he did to Janoris Jenkins on one play. They got it. Great Janoris play by Jenkins, had another too. one down there on the goal line that should have been intercepted. Um, you know, many times uh, he, the, he could have been intercepted yesterday. They got one. Um, and then the big play, the turnaround of the whole game was the tip pass and Miles Jack taking it in for a touchdown. 
that's the game over there. And then, you know, unfortunately, you talk about momentum, and we all know, we talk about all the time how momentum plays such a huge part in the football game. I think the Giants had the momentum there in the fourth quarter at the end. After the Barkley run, yep. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you, never, you, you always feel like, what did I say? I said it Monday, Friday. I said it Friday about the punt return. Give the ball back to the offense. You heard me. I said it. And at the end of the game, they can't do that. Um, I will tell you this. Nobody, now, granted, that would have been really tough. Less than a minute, no timeouts. Never you need know, a Touchdown? No, you never know, but that would have been... Right. That, that, that's it. I think their best opportunity was the one on the possession before. It was. And then there's some people who are going to say, you know, on the fourth down uh, with eight minutes left in the game, do you... I mean, do you go for it there or do you... I, I, I say you go for it. I, excuse me. I, I, I say you punt it. Um, but a lot of people, you know, it just depends. You know, do you go for it fourth and one? They had to go for it at the end of the game. They had a fourth and long, fourth and six. You know, so... Um, I just a lot of things you can point your fingers to, but you know, bottom line is you it's you you, you lose a game. You should have won. You could have won the game. You See, move on. Now, I'm not gonna say you should have won the game. No, no, no. I said you could have won. I the know, game. but could and should are different. Other people have told me should, and well, to me, if they the, didn't. if the Giants walk away with this win, you're walking away saying, well, the Giants stole one. They were down 10 points heading into the fourth quarter. Yep. If you come back and win a game down 10 heading into the fourth, you stole a game from a team that probably outplayed you for, for most of the contest, and that's great. But I don't want people to call in and say, oh, this was a game the Giants had to have. They had the game in their hands. It was theirs to win. They had a chance to win, but the Jaguars controlled this game. It's not like the Giants had the lead at any point in this contest yet. No, 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 no. I'm saying there, right. there were some plays to be made. That sure, could have the, absolutely. The whole, the whole, yeah, and exactly. So, listen, and now when you point and go towards next week against Dallas, you're going to have, let me tell you something. Dallas has a very good front seven, okay? Those guys, they can rush the passer. Um, their offense is not that good anymore. I don't think I watched the game last night. And it's I, actually really flipped. Their defense now is yeah. probably the strength of the team, which is yeah. kind of funny. And um, so they're going to have to. The offensive line is going to have to deal with those guys next week coming up, um, late Sunday night game. So if, if Randy Gregory's playing, by the way, which might not be the case based on some right. of the reports that are out there. Yep, but we'll see. Um, but you know, continuing on this game, uh, I think that you, as a Giants fan, got to be pretty excited a little bit as far as the what you saw on offense. Lots of variation, uh, and we knew that coming into it. Um, when you talk about personnel groups and motion and matchups, and that was a lot of fun to watch. A lot of fun to watch compared to last year. <laughs> yes, and I love the way they got Odell Beckham Jr. into space. Um, play design where they didn't allow the cornerback to kind of chuck him off the line of scrimmage because they ran him underneath players with those little rubber outs. I thought the way they used him to get him free and not just relying on the skill of the player to get open based on route concepts and right. using play design, I thought was pretty ingenious. We saw them throw the ball vertically down the field, Jeff, more in this game than I think in any game we've no seen question. in two or three years. Uh, they didn't connect on enough of them, sure, but they did go down the field, which you love to see. Um, and I think those are encouraging signs. Play design-wise and, and schematically on offense, I was very happy with what I saw. I was also very, very impressed with, if you look back last year, on the indecisiveness of, as far as calling plays here and there. Every time, I'm not say every time, but most of the time, Eli, they remember, they're huddling this year. Up to the line of scrimmage. The play is in. The play is called. They're at the line of scrimmage with 17, 18 seconds on the clock. Okay? The other part about it, on the fourth down play where they decided to go for it, that play was in. 
It was to the line of scrimmage, and they had 21 seconds left on the clock to give Eli an idea to if he needed audible. That, to me, is organization and, and forward thinking on third down. They're thinking about the fourth down play, I promise you. But that's, that impressed me a little bit because I was tired of seeing the clock go down to two seconds, and, and they don't, nobody knows what to do when they have a timeout or they have to take a delay a game. Yeah, and it's funny, and it was the first time we saw Saquon Barkley in a real-life football game, and... It rarely works this way, but he was exactly the player that I thought he was going to be. Like, <laughs> literally, like, it was everything we talked about, Jeff. There was a lot of plays where maybe he was did a little too much hesitation and dancing in the backfield where he could have gotten a dirty couple of yards and he got stopped for a loss. He did. You had the monster play where he broke a couple tackles, went 68 yards. Great block storm Shepard, by the way, on that play yep. to get him that 68 yards. Got the touchdown. Um, in short yardage, what did he do on one short yardage play? He went over the top. What mm-hmm. do we talk about when he did Penn State in short yardage? Go over the top. Then there was another play in short yardage where he didn't quite lower the pads enough to power into the end zone or, or power for the first down. So, really, Barkley was pretty much exactly what I thought he was going to be, and it's rare, but I wasn't surprised by anything he showed. And I think they did try to get him involved in the passing game earlier in the game. Pat Shermer did say that today. That was part of the plan. But the way the Jaguars played their defense, which is a, a lot of cover three, a lot of single highs, so you're not going to let the ball get down the field. That's why they used Beckham on so many of those shallow crosses to get him into space. Um, and I think that was a um, good usage of Beckham. And I think they tried to get to Barkley. It just didn't work with the way the Jaguars' defense And was not to say that that's not going to work every week because I'm telling you, they, they have a design to get him the ball. Well, Jeff, you watched. Uh, Practice. I, I only watched the fourth quarter of the Cowboy Panther game when I got home. But I saw a couple highlights when I was doing the post-game show. It looked like they threw it to Christian McCaffrey every time. So if, if, <laughs> if the Panthers can throw it to McCaffrey, I imagine the Giants will throw it to Barkley against Dallas next week too. No question. And uh, Mike Shula was there in Panthers last year. So, um, and he had McCaffrey too. Which, by the way, I did watch that game. And that, that guy is incredible. <laughs> He's so fun to watch. Who, McCaffrey? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, just, incre- just an amazing I saw him player. make – he actually forced Sean Lee to miss a few tackles, which you never see. It's just, and he's so just calm and collective and goes about his business, which is a nice thing to see. Um, so, you know, all, all in all, uh, listen, we knew that this was going to be a tough start. Yep. First eight games. And mm-hmm. I think from the positive side, the glass is half full, is that I think they, they, they did a lot of good things. And obviously, coming out of any game, you can you can sit there and coach it up, and you got a lot of things to improve. But overall, then some of the things that we talked about, you have to be excited about it. Yeah, you know, you want to see though, if you can, winning some of these close games because this is what killed the team last year. Winning the games that go down to the wire. Yeah, you had the ball in the team's opposition territory. I mean, look, Jeff, if but I would have told ask you, you a question, though. sure, Do, go ahead. you and I, I think you hit a good point there. Is that you want to win some of these games after coming out of the yesterday's game, knowing the way that the Giants played. I think you feel a lot more confident they will win a game like that. I mean, if I would let me put it this way. If I would have told you before the game started, okay, I'm going to tell you that the Giants trailed 2015 with 238 to play, and the Giants had it first and 10 on the Jaguars' 40-yard line. Would you have signed up for that before the game? Yes. That was the situation. 20 to 15. 20 to 15, 238 to play. You're driving to win the game. Yes, 238 to play. You have it first and 10 on Jacksonville's 40. No question. You would have taken that, right? I would have also taken that you told me that Leonard Fournette was out of the game, too. That would have been good, too. That also would have been nice. (laughs) I would have signed up for that one, too. Here's the other one, by the way, and I did did this calculation this morning. Um, So the Giants were 413 on third downs offensively. By the way, the Jaguars were, too, so they were equally uh, inefficient on third downs. Here are the four third downs that the Giants converted, Jeff. 
two okay. yards, 12 yards, one yard, and five yards. Three of them very reasonable. The fourth one was a third and long, okay? Here are the failed third downs. 23, First eight, series. 16, 16, 16, 10, 7, 20, 5, and 6. So it just shows you, Jeff, how important down and distance matters. Hmm. Got to pull out some of my keys. Ooh, what do you got? Um, on offense, I want first and second down production to get into manageable third downs. Nope. And, and, and by the way, that's not running the ball consistently. You mentioned minus that big Barkley run. They weren't getting those three and four and five yard gains. And then they also had penalties and pass rush and sacks that put them in second and third and long. Another one of my keys had to do with the red zone. Let's get some red zone TDs and no field goals. What were the Giants in the red zone, Jeff? Not good. No, I believe they were uh, 0 for 2. There you if go. I'm not mistaken. And by the way, kudos to uh, Aldrich Rose. He, listen, all made all his field goals. He's mm -hmm. off to a good start. Made all his field goals in preseason, too. So, what were they? Is that it? Yeah, it was one for one. That was it. No, no. What are you um, talking about? No, the... Uh, Red zone? Yeah. Um, 0 for 2, yes. Yes, 0 for 2. Okay. Yeah. Utilize play action and screen game. That... Yeah, the play action worked. I'll tell you what. Screen game did not. The screen game did not. I saw I saw Eli something we haven't seen a lot of, but we knew he was going to do it. It's not, it wasn't a surprise. There's a lot of play action and ro and move the pocket. Yeah, and, and, and he threw pretty accurately on those. Yeah. those he, I think he yeah. always has been able to do that. That's one thing that Eli has been able to do. And then in the years, last two years, we haven't seen a lot of that. Yep. Want to remind you that Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to an amazing Giants prizes throughout the year. Yeah. Jeff, you want to take some phone calls? Let's go. 201-939-4513. Again, the number for you to call us is 201-939-4513. Also on Twitter, hashtag Giants Chat. Let's go to Dave in Cranford. Hey, my man Dave. Off. Hi, Dave. How are you, buddy? What's up, Dave? I'm good, guys. I, you, you stole my thunder with the highlights. We all sat around talking about uh, staying at a third and long, and, and that obviously didn't happen. But no. You called in on third on Friday, and we told you that. You're exactly right, Jeff. You're exactly right. You get all the credit, so yeah, you deserve it. So, That's all I want is just um, some credit. Yeah, thank you. I, I, just a, a couple highlights. One of the things, just for all the listeners out there, John, you did a uh, roundtable piece uh, with the with a, gets a bunch of reporters or whatever. It it was awesome. I don't know if you're doing that like how often you're doing that. Maybe was that just a kick off the season? Yeah, but it's a great piece out there. I, Dave, I appreciate that. That's the second straight year we've done it. We do it as kind of like a long-form season preview. And also a big thanks to our uh, intern here who was forced to transcribe 27 pages worth of conversation, which what? is really horrible work. So <laughs> great job by him getting that done so we could get that up. It was awesome. It really was. It's, it's, Gio, well, awesome it's worth, worth listening you to. People can go look at it. I, I think the thing is, you, you hit on a lot of important things. I, I do think, and you, you do get a sense of watching a game and saying, hey, there, there was a lot of positives to build on if you're, if you're looking for that. And I think that's, that's great. And I, I really do believe that there, there were some things. And there, there's something to be said. You know, the, the whole first game of the year for everybody across the league, you're not going to know until the, the league plays out what was a big win and what was a big loss until you start to see how these teams develop. And, and so you know, that, that's going to happen. I think Jacksonville, you know, I think a lot of people think they're going to be really competitive, at least on defense. Oh, sure. So I think there, I think, you know, I think there was a lot of positives. I just go back to the beginning of the season where we talked about, or Shermer more importantly, talked about the clean slate with the players. And I think you just saw two things yesterday that, that went in two different directions. And one was Eli Apple, right? Started with a clean slate, 
gave him a clean slate, and look at the type of production and look at look at what he did yesterday. He had one of the best games as, as, on on the field. Um, played really well. Had a number of plays, you know, that he made. And and I think you you know I think he walks away saying, hey, you know what, I'm in a new spot. You, you, on the other side, I, I think the play that, that gets everyone for Flowers. Two things about Flowers. One was the tripping penalty, first play of the offense, right? Just just a, to, to many fans with him, it's it's not just his production. It's it's what's viewed as being lazy. It's well, viewed no, as Dave, lack here's the of thing. Effort. No, but Dave, here's the thing. He didn't commit the tripping penalty because he was lazy. He committed the tripping penalty because he got beat so badly inside that if he didn't trip the defender, he would have murdered Eli Manning. That's why he tripped the guy because he got beat. I, I, I agree, but I, but <laughs> but I, I but at the same time, I think that that type of penalty and that type of of you know, play. And then I, I think the other bigger thing that no one really wants to talk about is the game's over, the media descends upon the locker room, and four out of the five starters show up to take it on the chops, you know? And if I'm Nate Solder walking in, you know, biggest contract signed, all that sort of stuff, he doesn't want to walk in there and answer questions why he didn't play so well. You know, Will Hernandez sat there, second-round draft pick, really cares. The, the way that Flowers comes across to the fans is that he doesn't Care. Flowers and did that, talk today, by the way. What, just that's FYI, what drives, that's what drives fans crazy. Dave, just FYI, Flowers did answer some questions to the media today. Just FYI. Okay, good, G- glad. I, I think it's <laughs> a bad sign when four out of your guys, you know, you're a five-man line, you've been doing everything all off season, and then one of you doesn't show up at a time. I, that that to me is just and and no, again, I, understand. I, I think you're, you know, go ahead. No, I, I'm just saying I, I, I understand your point. you got to stick around for the press, good and bad, after a game, no matter what. I, you know, it, it, To me, if you walk out of the locker room and you don't want to talk to anybody, I mean, that's your prerogative, but you, you, know, you, you should stay there and, and, and face, the, face the media. I but mean, at, at the same time, that's to me, is minor. I, I, if you fix the stuff on the field and you don't get quotes after the game, all right, cool. It's annoying, but you live with it. You know what I mean? Yep. No, I, I, I don't disagree. I, I, and again, guys, I would just finish it up by, by, by saying this. And, and again, I think there's a lot of things. When you come off of a first game loss, you're obviously looking for things that you can build upon, and but you're also looking for things that look really hard to fix. And I think that's the... That's the difference. You guys hit on a bunch of other issues in terms of some of the plays on defense and, you know, uh, Shepard and Ingram and a couple drop passes. Those things bother you, you know, and, and you look at them. But you also see a number of those things on both sides of the ball. I mean, the way Barkley played, the way that, the way that um, you know, Odell played, I mean, you just look at it and you go, my gosh, between the two of them, you know, there's such an explosive opportunity there. Um but but it's again it's that it's the right side of the line. John, you've said it before. We've talked about it before. And I'll leave you with this: it's just there's just not a lot of O tackles around, and I, I think that's what you're. I don't think the Giants are are giving Flowers any extra pass. I think they're struggling with you know how to how to replace somebody that that is is not easy to you know it's not easy to go find another guy off the street. So. Thank you, Thanks Dave. for the time, guys, and I'll, I'll catch you again soon. Appreciate it, buddy. Always good to hear from you. Good calls, yeah, always. And you too. You know, here's here's the thing. And yes, offensive tackles these days don't grow on trees. Um, I want to go back to to something we talked about a lot in in the in the spring, uh, Jeff. Two things. One, 
a lot of people had been calling for two years, and their theme was, ah, oh, just move flowers to the right side. He'll be fine. <laughs> and what do we always say? It's not not so same. easy. Yeah. It doesn't work that way, okay? That's number one. Number two, and this is the larger point, they were never going to be able to fix all the problems on the offensive line in one offseason. They literally started from zero. Yeah. No one came back except for Flowers. Who in a new position. So it's yeah. really all five new starters. Pretty much, right? Huh? So they you cannot it's very hard to do that all in one offseason. So the line's not going to be perfect this year. Like I said, you got to be patient you, with this. You thing. hope it's going to be better. Obviously, the first week you wish and Nate Solder said he was not happy with, with the way the with the way the line played when he spoke to the media today. So he was very honest about it and forthright. Um, so you hope it gets better. We'll see. I think it'll be something we talk about for a lot of the year because we know Beckham, we know Barkley, we know Shepard, we know Ingram, Eli. They'll be good enough if they get the time necessary to do what they do. Um, but they need the protection. They need the room to run, the, the, the time to throw. And we'll see if over the course of the season when they play not the best line in football, which the Jaguars pretty much have, whether or not the guys can deliver. Yep, and uh, you got to get you got to go back to work, and um, you know part of like when you're in college, you get you know you got to go to school, and you only get a limited amount of time to 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 practice football. This is these guys living, awesome, so man. they are in they're in here today. They're breaking down film. They're going to get graded. Uh, the coaches will put the uh, game point or excuse me the game plan together today and tomorrow, and they're back at Dallas week. So that's how quickly it turns around. Yeah. And it's how quickly you have to have blinders on and go after the next opponent. And the next opponent is Dallas, who's got a pretty formidable defensive line uh, that they're going to be facing, too. So um, it's going to be a good game coming up. It really is. All right, let's go to the lines at 201-939-4513. Reminding you that Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win amazing Giants prizes throughout the season. Rich in Virginia is up next. Hi, Rich. Hello, it's Oren, but I guess he thought my name was Rich. But All right, Oren. Okay, Oren, what's going on, pal? Where'd he go, Dave? Uh, no, no, um, I just oh, wanted to talk about Matt. yesterday. And, um, Where'd you think? I, uh, and, Jeff, and, and I just want to say, Jeff, I saw your son uh, <laughs> play against my team Sunday, um, last Sunday, LSU and stuff. Yep. I, I, I assume that was your son because last name is Spiegels, and you remember <laughs> you talking about that. Yep, yep. Hey, Oren, here's the thing. Don't... Jeff still has some PTSD off of that game last week. Yeah. Um, he's he's struggling with it the it's way okay. you guys basically <laughs> hammered them. Yep. So, Jeff, just just take it easy on him because yeah. emotionally he really hasn't recovered quite yet. And if you want, if you want, if you want to pile on like everybody else has piled on the punting position, go ahead too. I, I'm used to that too by now. So, go ahead. Yeah, but um. Honestly, even though we lost and stuff, and I feel like Flowers did mess up and stuff, but, like, I felt like that this can give us momentum for Sunday Night Football, though, because okay. both teams are 0-1 and, and stuff like that. And it's, a, and it's a division game. There you go. Yeah, and then, I, and then I, plus I don't feel like the Cowboys got just as great as the uh, defense, like corners and linebackers and D-line like, like um, Jacksonville does. So I feel like we could probably take advantage of that. Because they basically, like you said, they were basically losing to Cam Newton in the running back. Because Carolina doesn't really have any big-time wide receivers out there. Yeah, but if you watch that game, Dallas took it to, to – to, they they dominated the uh, interior of that game yesterday, the D-line for the Cowboys. Yeah, honestly, to me, Oren, I think it's funny the way the schedule is kind of lined up here. You're probably getting two of the teams with two of the – 
lower quality passing games in the league in your first two weeks, and it's only going to get better from there. Right. Um, I don't think Dallas can really at least what we'll, 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 I have the game on tape. I'll watch it at some point this week in preparation for next week. Uh, they really could have moved the ball through the air, Jeff, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I mean, listen, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, you, you can barely, you can barely uh, know who the receivers are for the Jaguars. Yeah. And, and you d- certainly have no idea who the receivers are for the Cowboys these days. Blake Jarwin doesn't get you excited? No. <laughs> no. And, and, and that is a real guy, by the way. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, Cole Beasley, I know him. Oren, what else you got for me? Um, yeah, I totally feel you. And I was also saying, what do you think of we like we're playing much like kind of playing man on the receivers, and we bring uh, we bring a lot of people to the box to stop Zeke and Zach. I mean, and Zach. Well, Prescott. well, frankly, and Oren, thanks a lot for the call. That's that's the scheme. That's what James Betcher wants to do. He's going to play single high. He's going to man up or play cover three on the outside, and he's not going to let Ezekiel Elliott beat him. And the Giants' corners will be tasked with slowing down the likes of Alan Hearns and Cole Beasley and Michael Gallup and uh, Deontay Thompson and Tavon Austin, whoever else the Cowboys happen to throw out there. And that's going to be how the Giants are going to try to win the game. I think it's a good strategy. I think it has a really good chance of working. But I think you're right on the money. Well, one thing that the Giants are going to have to do, and I know that Carl Banks has mentioned it on the broadcast many, many times, is set that edge because, you know, if you don't, yeah. Ezekiel Elliott will be running down your throat. And the Cowboys will run that outside zone Oh, a they lot. run that stretch play constantly, constantly. And it's it's a good play for them, you know. So And listen, their their offensive line isn't what it used to be two years ago. But it's still, Travis Frederick's not there anymore. Yeah, about it. And that's a, that's a sad thing, what's going on with him. And, you know, hopefully he can get better. I mean, with all due, even though he's a Cowboys, but that's horrible. Like reading some of the stuff that he... Hey, he I mean, still has numbness in, like, his, his hands and arms and stuff like that. And Mark's... Mark's uh, and by the way, they caught it. That's catching it early. Yes, yes. Imagine yeah. how bad it would have been if they didn't catch it. Yeah, I mean, I, I had listened to the radio. Mark, Shur- is it Shirleth? Shalareth. 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 He had that. Nobody knew know, about that. I and he was, he was, he was, he missed a ta- whole year talking about it. It's like just incredible. Missed a whole season because of it. By the way, now that the game's over, do you want to try that one right there? No, 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 Come no. Come on, no. give it a shot. No, I'll go down here. Where's the, un- the pronunciation <laughs> thing? Can yeah. you do it? Um, it's on this side. Can you do it for me? Yeah, here we go. Defensive end. Yannick Ngahwe. Ngakwe. You were that okay. session was pretty good. Well, I didn't have my glasses on. That was pretty good. Ngakwe. All right. Good job. 201-939-4513. <laughs> they tried to set me up on the pregame. I totally deal. tried to get you, you guys, to do it. And I, it's not going to work. Let's I go to Dre stopped. in Atlanta on line one. He's up next. Hi, Dre. Hey, Dre. Hey, what's going on, Feegs? How you up, doing? John? How what you up? doing? How are you? Good to hear from you, my man. Hey, I'm not going to beat up the offensive line. Hey, that's, it's too easy. They know they, they're beating themselves up, so okay. don't do on that. But <laughs> I'm going to beat up on our tight end and our wide receivers. So I'm right. going to do that. Yeah. Okay. I think I think not uh, Odell, uh, I, hope. I think Ingram needs to get on that jugs. Yep. He needs to run some laps, and he needs to get on that jugs. You know, Dre, real oh, quick, Jay, honestly, real, real quick, the amazing thing is, and I watched every training camp practice, the dude caught everything. I mean, honestly, the dude caught everything in practice. So... I don't know if it's like nerves, a concentration thing or what, but that dude didn't drop more than one pass from March to August. So I'm not sure what the answer is. Because the thing is, it's not that he drops. It just just seems like the drops are so egregious. It's like these are the catch. These are not even contested catches. I know. I don't disagree. These are catches you should, you should, you know, you should make. Yep. And the thing is, they're drive killers. 
And I think I understand what you're saying about Jacksonville defense, but if we make these catches, like, um, like right. the, especially the catch that Shepard dropped, oh my God! Yep. If he catches, if he catches that pass, you know he has room to move. You know, but the thing is, you you have to look at it. What what stops a good defense? Fundamentals and catching the ball. You know, and moving and moving the chains. And we didn't we didn't do that. And I think even with you know the offensive line deficiencies. You have to look at Eli. I mean, you can. Or we should have got somebody else. We should have got um, Josh Allen or um, Rosen. But I don't think a rookie quarterback would have been able to handle the situation that he was under the, under the rest and still um, drop dimes. Yeah, he missed some passes, but he was, he was rushed. I think if Flowers here um, that block, you don't have to worry about Eli. Um, that pass getting tipped. Uh, he's being rushed on a pass on a, on a um. The post to on the slide. I just yeah. think the post, the one in the middle, where uh, going into the end zone. Oh, yeah, no, no. Um, you mean the one at the end of the first half? Yeah, yeah the shot in the end zone. I think no, we no, lost him, Matt. We, we can let him go. I think his phone died on. Yeah, us, he was talking about. He was talking Thanks, about Drake. that pass. Yeah, you know what though? Um, that pass he did have pressure on, and he even said in the locker room today, if he just had one more tick to see exactly how. Or rather, what angle Odell was taking into the end zone, he would have had a better idea of where to throw it. But since he had to get rid of it so quickly, he kind of just had to fling it up there and hope that Odell could run under it. Throw it to a spot. And they were rushing, I think, one more guy than the Giants could block, but I still think there could have been better communication up front in terms of picking up both guys from the right side. Uh, he had moved Barkley to his right pre-snap as he read the blitz coming, and then Barkley kind of went left instead of staying right to pick up one of those rushers. So... Um, I'm not sure exactly. I'm, I'm not an expert on protection schemes, so I can't tell you who was supposed to go where. Um, there was a play where I thought, and Eli talked about it today, which was interesting. Um, the play at the start of the third quarter, uh, it was a similar play. There were, I think it was the drive where Rosas kicked the field goal, where Odell got behind the defense a little bit, and Eli threw it out of the end zone over his head, a little overthrown, and he actually had a clean pocket on that play. Eli talked about that today as well, and basically said that, it's a route where they, he kind of said based on where Odell was, he kind of made contact with the safety a little bit. He thought he put it in a good spot. Odell ran the right route, but he said that's something they're going to have to get together and talk about to make sure that they're exactly on the same page on on what to do. He was very careful to say Odell did exactly what he was supposed to do. He thought he put the ball in, in the spot where he was supposed to. But based on contact with the defense, which slowed Odell down a little bit and where the other guys were, that was something they would have to get together on. It's one of those things where week one, you talk about it, and you hope that's going to be fixed and ready to go the rest of the year. Yeah, and also week one, it's the first time this team's played together the whole game. So, right. I mean, a lot of people have the idea that this uh, first four, four games of the regular season are an extension of the, your preseason games just because. But I think it's true. I think it takes two or three games to get everything, you know, mopped out and get everybody used to playing against each other and playing, you know, a side here or there. It just takes a while. Starters, to, starters played about one full game worth of snaps over a month Yeah, before the regular season. And that's so, not enough. And that includes a two-week period where none of them played from yeah. – the Jets game to this game today, which was 16 days where nobody played in the game. And, you know, when they were in Detroit practicing, that's different. That's not a game. Yeah, it's live no, reps, but different. it's still not a game. 201-939-4513. Let's go to Scott in New Mexico. He's up next. What's up, Scotty? Scott? You do? Good afternoon, guys. How are you doing? Good. Doing great, Scott. What's up? 
Uh, first, I, I had one main query on the offensive line, but I think you guys addressed it, so I'm not going to okay. uh, be redundant in okay. that case. Thank you. No problem. Uh, I do have some questions about uh, Pat's play calling, and it's one specific play, and maybe, uh, John, uh, having watched the game, maybe you can address it. Sure. Which play? Uh, on the fourth and two, when Saquon jumped over the offensive line and fell a little short, which was a pivotal point at the game, do you know if Shane Smith was your... Um, you know, blocker uh, was in the game, and also, did they have a jumbo package set up? Because it was a pivotal point, uh, turning point in the game, and if not, wouldn't have been the prudent thing to do on that particular play? I don't know if they jumbo in or not. I'm in. I'm not one of these people like Detino who, whenever you're in short yardage, you feel like you have to go jumbo and try to run it with all the big guys in. I think there's value to spreading the field spreading the defense, getting smaller personnel in there, and then running against that type of look. I think there is value to that. I'm not one of these guys where you say, oh, it's third and one. you got to go three tight ends, an extra offensive lineman, and a fullback, and just try to run it down their throat. That's not me. That's not how I operate. Um, I would have to check on the personnel group on that play. I can't look at it now, unfortunately. I but think, I, but, I think but it was I one receiver and, and Jumbo was in there, that, I, from what I remember. And by the way... That's another deal, which which is why I thought, and this isn't the, this isn't how they did it, and they didn't have to, and I'm not saying they did anything wrong, but this is why I thought Stewart would be the short yardage back because Barkley right. likes to try to go over the top. He's not a guy that's gonna drop his shoulders and grind it out. You know what I mean? So that's where I was coming from when I made that point a couple months ago. Okay. Um, my only last point, uh, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed of myself for believing that the Giants offensive line was a little bit better than I thought, but uh, hopefully that will improve. But the other point in regards to Pat's play coin uh, was the last, actually the last play. Okay. Uh, and that was uh, the last punt return with 55 seconds left. Why wasn't Odell back there to receive the punt? You know, he, and in, in the presser after the game, I believe the same question was asked by a reporter, and Pat said he didn't think about it. And when the reporter queried him further and asked why not, Pat just, uh, just shrugged his shoulders. And that's not the typical response I want from a Giants head coach. Well, Scott, he I was, believe a head coach should be aware of all situations, yeah, even was, though it would have been a tall order to come back. He was, he was, uh, I, he was the, Scott, real quick, he was asked that question again today when he addressed okay. the media. And he basically said that um, since they were running a punt block out there, um, and you, you either run a punt return or you run a punt block where you come after the kicker, right. and, he, and the assumption was on a punt block, that normally, and Jeff, you can attest to this, when a team runs a pump block and the punt gets off, usually what does the returner do? He calls for a fair catch because yeah, you don't have gunners. You don't have anybody holding up the gunners, right? It just so happened on that particular play that he had more room to run. And he basically said since it was probably going to be a fair catch anyway, he didn't think it was worth it putting Odell out there to catch it. I get where you're coming from, Scott, and I understand what your point is, and I think it's a fair one. No argument, okay. for, no argument from Jeff or I on that. But that was Coach Shermer's explanation when he was asked about it today. And by the way, just so you know, okay, so the head coach doesn't call the returns on the punt. That's the special teams coordinator. So that's probably why he didn't know what happened there because he was probably, in in my mind, I'm thinking I'm getting the football back with X amount of seconds. I'm thinking about what my first play on offense is going to be. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. And I will tell you from a punting perspective, and I said this earlier before we came on the air, I would have had 13 back there. I would stop. Just just make sure you use different verbiage, okay? What do you mean? 
the verbiage used before the show probably isn't good for the internet. No. <laughs> no, no, I won't. Okay, yeah, I see where you're going there. Uh, I would put 13 back there for number for two reasons. Number one, it, it, it scares the you-know-what out of me as a punter knowing the 13 is back there. Right. That's the verbiage that John wanted me to not use. And the other thing is that the guy that has the best hands on the team, you want him in that situation. Even if you're rushing eight and you're not going to expect a return, you want to give the ball back to the offense. Yeah. It didn't happen. So okay. um, just so you know. And by the way, and, and Scott, you make a good point. Again, no argument for me. Um, but that also would have been a very tall order. They would have gotten the ball right. back, and I can tell you where it would have been because I got the play-by-play in front of me here. Uh, they would have gotten the ball back on their own 35-yard line with about a minute 48 to play with no timeouts, needing a touchdown against that defense. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. You know, I take that back. No, that I'm wasn't wrong. that much. 20 seconds. I, w- I was looking when the Jaguars oh, sure. got the ball. I'm sorry. Yeah. They would have gotten yeah. the ball with 45, 45 seconds to go on their own 21-yard line, needing right. a touchdown to score. You never know. You got Barkley. You got Odell. You never know what's going to happen. But that would have been a very, 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 very tall order. Difficult. I got it. Yeah. Uh, the, the last point is I just want yeah. to give kudos to the defensive unit because despite everything, they only allowed 13 points. And if they can continue to do that during the regular season, because Jacksonville obviously is a premier team, uh, that would bode well for the future. And uh, I realize Fournette was not in, but uh, still to keep Jacksonville to 13 points, it demonstrates that they're at least going in the right direction with the defense. Thanks, guys. Uh, uh, You're welcome. Thank you, Scott. The Jaguars only gained 305 yards. Can't argue with that. That's a real nice job by them. So, yeah, I agree. I I think the defense did all they could. Um, Obviously... Uh, they gave a couple of those big plays early and a couple of chunk plays, Jeff, but nothing that was that was a killer necessarily. Uh, they forced a turnover. They got the interception. They could have had a second one on the Niles Paul play. Which, by the way, Jenkins might not have come up with the pick, but I thought he made a really aware play on that particular um, play action pass. Niles Paul, who was the intended target on the play as a tight end, really tried to sell the run block on the replay. He kind of turned his back almost to the side and looked like he was going to fake block somebody, and then he took off up the field, and Jenkins did not bite. And I thought it was a really nice play for him to stay with him, almost have a chance at a very tough pick. He really had to reach out for the football, but... If the Jaguars score there, this game could have gone out of reach very, very quickly. And I like the fact that he just came back and made a play because he got beat for a 30-yard, the second play of the game, yeah. um, that the off that the Jaguars had the ball as a 30-yard pass. And then the second play of the next Jaguars possession, he got that pick. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. So that, that really goes well. And, Same and, play, too, by the way. Just a go route. And back to the, the offense, you know, we can only go on last year's statistics because it was the first game of the year. They were sixth in overall uh, offense and fifth in scoring. So that is a nice job by the defense uh, to hold them to 13 points on the on the day. So when you look at that, I will. Uh, 201-939-4513. Back to the phones. Kashawn in Maryland gracing us with her royal presence. Hi, Kashawn. <laughs> Hello, John. Hello. Hi, Jeff. How are you guys doing? Good to hear good. from you. How's Very it good. going? Good, good. Okay. Good. Okay. Four quick things. Um, number one, let's start with the defense. Sure. Um, whose whose job is it to set the edge on a three four? Uh, usually the outside linebacker slash edge rusher. So the guy you want to point your finger at in this game, or at least according to Carl Banks, and I trust Carl because he was one of the best edge setters around during his time playing. Uh, Kareem Martin had a little bit of a rough time out there setting the edge in the game yesterday. Oh, I was thinking um, Olivier 
Honey Burning Vernon. Well, I mean, if, the Giants. If he if, would be, if he was playing, then yes, he would be the right, guy you point yes. to. Correct. Right. That's what I'm saying. But to my point is that the Giants missed him because I think uh, yes. the running game would have been better had he been on. The field. I agree. I think so that's kind fair. Of like a rhetorical question. I got you. Um, this the second thing for offense. Um, okay, so the first thing, the Giants. The Giants still. I don't know. I, I still. My breathing is still very labored when I watch this offense. And and I was I was watching the other games and I was sitting there and I'm like, why can't I feel just excited? Like I just feel uneasy when I watch the offense. It seems like every yard that the Giants gain, they're still fighting for it. Like it's still not calming. It's still not easy. That's because and the Jaguars my- are really good, Kashawn. Honestly, I was very encouraged, and, and, and I'd be honest with you if I wasn't. And I, I made my opinions on you know the Giants not going down the field with McAdoo very clear on the show. Um, I was very encouraged from a schematic uh, standpoint what I saw yesterday. I would like to see more room in the running game uh, for the offensive line, giving Barkley some more lanes, fewer guys in the backfield. That is 100% accurate, better pass protection. But I would like to see them go against not the best defense in football before I start freaking out. You know what I mean? You're you're also used to last year. That's your problem. (laughs) You got scars. I know, I know. I'm still still having trauma. You're absolutely right. (laughs) One play that did irritate me, though, um, as far as the play calling, I think was after Saquon Barkley ran the 68 yards and the Giants went for the two-point conversion. They, they gave him the ball back. Well, Kashawn, here's the thing, and real quick, uh, they asked Shermer about that today, and they called the pass play. But based on what the defense showed, Eli decided they would have a much better chance to succeed if they went to the run. So Eli made that call at the line of scrimmage. Oh, okay. I was about to say, I, I, I was so upset. I'm like, no, he just ran 68 yards to do the gas. Okay, so never mind then. So That's okay. Other than, other than that, my last thing is, just for this team, is I feel like the Giants added some really nice additions, but we still have a foundational problem. I think of the analogy of a house where you have mold in your house, and it's in the foundation of your house. And all you did was paint and bring in some new furniture. And, yeah, you probably took out some of the molding, and, and, and you took out some of the mold, and you replaced it. But we still have some mold here in this house. And until we fix the mold... It's still we're still going to have some lingering effects, and I think as, as good as Barkley is, as good as Odell is, we have all these weapons. If this line doesn't hold up, and if the Giants cannot score more than 15 points in this NFC, it's going to be a long season. So I just hope. I know it's Week One. I just pray that they turn it around, and I will be watching. And I just I expect us to beat Dallas next week. We should beat Dallas. Is it going to come to the wire? Absolutely, because of course it wouldn't come any other way. But that's all I have to say, and I just hope the offense gets better. Thank you, Kashawn. Always good to hear from you. Don't be a stranger. I won't. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Um, I think it will get better. I mean, Jeff, this was probably the – and this is why you can't – There's a little mold left, but You can't overreact to week one because look at the opponent. You know, it's not like you just say, well, you know, we played a team and our offensive line was poor. Well, who are they going against? And we saw danger signs the last couple of years when they were playing teams that didn't have very good pass rushes, and we saw performances like we saw on Sunday. That's when you go start going, oh boy, they got a bunch of no-names and they're killing us. What happens when you play a team like the Jaguars? Well, I get why you're concerned, and I get why the old scars that you thought had healed starting to tingle again, and maybe they're starting to ooze a little bit. I, I understand it. I get it. <laughs> 
But I want to see them against a team that does not have the best front in football before I lose my mind. If we show up next week, Jeff, and we're doing the show on Monday, and coming off the Dallas game, it was the same deal, and Eli's running for his life, and he's getting knocked down, and there's no room in the running game, fine. The house is burning down. Go nuts. I get it. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. Honestly, I really don't believe that. Do you? you? No. No, I, I, and I, I, and, and again, I'm, and I'm, and I'm not telling you they're going to be the best line in football, but they will be good enough to let this offense operate. You got to let this team build around itself. I mean, this is a new football team. There's 19 players. 35 percent of this roster is left from last year, and to come out and expect, and you look at this eight games that they have to go up against. This is a tough schedule, and and for a new team, this is a new nucleus of team. It's a new coaching staff. It's all about learning about the players and yep. their tendencies and what you do wrong and what you do right and, and putting game plans together. So, yeah, a little bit of patience. That's why I, I've always said pump the brakes on the Giants being, you know, over 510 games we even heard. I mean, come on. Be realistic here. That's me. I mean, I hope they win 10 games. And God by the sake. way, and, and, and Houston's in two weeks when you got <laughs> Watt, Clowney and Merciless coming to town. Or Talk about Merciless. They're going to them, rather. <laughs> and by the way, the other thing that's really annoying, that's Houston's home opener. Their first two games are on the road. Yeah. So that place is going to be loud. You're not going to hear the snap count. And those guys are going to have an advantage coming off the line of scrimmage. They already have an advantage even without the crowd. And that'll be the same deal in Dallas next week, too. It's their home opener, and they're 0-1. That crowd's going to be fired up. Again, we don't know if Randy Gregory's playing, but they still have uh, Tyrone Crawford inside. Uh, They have Demarcus Lawrence, who'll be lined up across Merrick Flowers. So that's something you have to keep an eye on, too. Sean Lee healthy. They might not be the Jaguars, but they aren't walks in the park either. But I, I think, I think, I think, I'm not telling you I know, I think that it's going to get better. Oh, it's, listen, I, it, it's going to get better. It really is. And, um, you know, one thing that you, you have to look to coming out of this game yesterday was I, I didn't see an injury report. Um, Wayne Gallman was the only guy with a knee, and he was in the locker room today, and he said he, he wants to play next week, but then he pointed to the back room where the trainers are, and he said it's going to be up to them. Sure. So that's a good sign. That's a good, good sign coming out of the first yep. game. We want to remind you that Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to an amazing Giants prizes throughout the season. Jose is in Orlando, and he joins us next on line four. What's up, Jose? How are you? Hey, John and Jeff. How you guys doing? Good. What's up, buddy? Hey, um, you guys just uh, – John, you just kind of like stole my thumb and some of the things I wanted to talk about. That's okay. About, Go right ahead. What you just mentioned. Yep. Uh, so basically – um, what you just talked about, some of the things that Jeff talked about as well. I'm looking at the schedule, looking the way our Giants defense played this week. Um, I'm not going to get on the bandwagon with, with Eric Flowers. Everybody knows that there's an issue there. But uh, to me, Eric Flowers is a Nathan Peterman of looked at. And, and that's where we're at right now, and then hopefully we'll, he'll get better. But wow. looking at the upcoming schedule, so I'm looking at offensive line and defensive line. Go what we have come – can you guys hear me? Oh, I can yeah, hear yeah, you. We're just, you, we're just like, you we to were to, just uh, to go to Nathan Peterman. Yeah, it's yeah. Pretty, going pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could you come man, up with I'm something else? With I'm just trying to make How about the Lance Meadow? But, uh, <laughs> but all in all, no, as far as the offensive line, um, just like you said, John, about who's coming, who we're playing. I mean, we're playing, yeah, you're, we're playing the Texas defense. We're playing the Philadelphia Eagles twice. So, these are legitimate good defensive lines that we're coming up against. Dallas, you know, don't sleep on them. 
Let's not even talk about the Bears and Khalil Mack, the way that guy played last week. And then you were I mean, Philly in October. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> so we have that. But another thing that uh, some of us are uh, I'm trying to figure out is look at the quarterbacks that we're playing. Oh, yeah. And we talk about, we talk about Blake Bortles' 41-yard run, whatever that was. We have Dak Prescott, who's a running quarterback, RPO offense. We have the Carolina Panthers, running quarterback, good RPO point. offense. A good point. Philadelphia, uh, we don't know how Wentz is going to be, but he still moves a little bit. Oh, they run then it. Then we have don't, don't Sleep on the Redskins. They have an RPO offense. Alex Smith runs it. You're right. Yep. And then we have, look, two more. We have the Bears. Mitch Trubisky can run a little bit. And we have the Titans. It depends on how Mariota comes back. No, you're right, though. So, I'm with you. What we're looking at as far as, like, all this, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that our defense is like, okay, we need to tie that up. You know, we'll see when O.V. comes back, but O.V. by himself is not going to be able to Yeah, and Jose, trust me. Let me tell you, if you don't think Dallas is going to tell Dak to keep that ball on those read options next week to test the Giants outside to see how disciplined they are, they are going to do that at least a few times, especially in the red zone. That's where they like to do that with Prescott, when they get inside the red zone. So you're 100% right. That's a big thing, and you guarantee you, that when the Cowboys do their film session on Wednesday morning to get ready for the Giants, they're going to show that play a bajillion times, and Dak Prescott's going to be licking his chops. A bajillion yeah, times. Absolutely. That's a real number. Yeah, and you're right. <laughs> and everybody knows this is a copycat league. Yep. If that becomes successful against our defense, don't you think all those other teams are going to oh, start you got, up on you, them? Oh, so- you're going to see it till you can stop it. That's how it works. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's my biggest concern. I mean, the offensive line, yeah. I mean, we got – so I think – in a nutshell, I think that's – I mean, I'm not worried about guys like Shep dropping a pass. He dropped one, but he had a phenomenal game yesterday. Great block. If, if he didn't have that block, Saquon wouldn't have had that run. I mean, it, he's playing – Evan Ingram needs to catch the ball, and, and he'll come around. He'll get there. I'm not worried about our receivers and our backs. I'm actually uh, – my concern is mostly, obviously, the, the number one thing is the offensive line and then our defense, how they're going to set the edge. Our corners play fantastic yesterday so i appreciate you guys uh let sure. me call in thanks Jose. But, um, that's one thing i'm keeping my fingers crossed for this year guys thanks right. buddy yeah the corners hey, go you jeff I, yeah, I thank you man i hope your son does well man. thank you buddy i appreciate it we play uh, toledo this easy. week so we'll be good <laughs> the, the the corners did play well yesterday eli they did apple, they eli apple was all over it and janoris yeah. jenkins gave up a couple plays but then he recovered and and, and sure. played well and in, that's in the set last few happen. quarters it's exactly happen all right, we got two more calls, Jeff. You ready to get them in? Yep. Joe in Pennsylvania. Yep. What's up, Joe? Joe Pa. Uh, hi, guys. Yeah, it was just like a, a heavyweight fight. Are we going to meet meet a more physical team, you think, than their offense and defensive line? No. Um, maybe, maybe Dallas their offensive, offensive line-wise, yeah. but otherwise, no. They're, they're probably one of the more physical teams you'll play. And big. I, and, and just giving Flowers some credit, I thought 74, who was it for the – Jaguars, he played Oh, worse, Robinson, he's horrible. Oh, by the way, yeah, all those Cam Robinson fans out there that were begging for why the Giants didn't pick him in the first round last year, what do you think now? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, but, uh, you know, on, on putting uh, Beckham back there, I, I think he could throw just some fear into the punter, no too, and question. maybe they don't want to kick to him, like you said, another yeah. thing, and maybe he'd shank it or something. Yeah, absolutely, too, so. bad kick, short kick. You know, and then he could run up and fair catch it, you know, in the 50. See, now, Joe, what you don't understand, back when Jeff was a younger man, he had a particular nightmare that he would often wake up screaming, sweating, 
And that man was Deshaun Jackson. And he guy. did not want to see him back there. Still don't like him. <laughs> you don't have to tell me anything with the Eagles. I still feel on it. And the other guy there, the short guy for him, too. That's you know, I see yeah. him all the p- running back. You don't have to tell me anything about the Eagles. And, Joe, you go back enough to know that when Westbrook was back there, I hated kicking to that guy, too. I understand. That's what I'm saying. They You're put man. fear in them. You know what I mean? So, whatever. But uh, uh, two on that. You know what I mean on uh, uh, Barkley running the ball there too. You know, if we had a tackle or something, or if Eli would have just got up there a little bit more, he just needed that little more nudge, and I think he would have made it there. Uh, what I want to say there too is, I thought that was very tic tac on Ingram that one they called him for offensive interference. Yeah, that yeah. was a bad call. It was a bad call. Right now, and I look at the just compared to the last play of the game when the ball was thrown to Shepard. Yeah, the defensive back didn't turn around, and he was grabbing him by the arms. No, yeah, I, yeah I like I, to play both of them. Well, and listen, if you're gonna if you were gonna call penalties on both of those plays, I think the latter of the two would have been more obvious than the first one. Yeah, and I think Joe too. And I, that's I what think burns yeah. Burns my Baduski. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joe. We appreciate the call. All right. Always Take good to hear care, from go you. Giants. And, and I'm not sure I would have. I think you had a better case to throw a flag on the Shepherd play at the end than you did on the Ingram play. I agree 100. Um, percent the problem is that the ball never actually got to Shepard's arms, and Hayden knocked it down before it got there. Like if you would, if Hayden would have done matter, that, I mean, I know it doesn't matter, but do you know how officials call it? It's like it, it's same thing in the NBA. If you think a guy didn't take a good shot, you're not going to bail him out by calling a foul. You know what I mean? It's yeah. the same type of deal, and I'm not saying it should yeah. be that way, but it's how it works. And if the ball had gotten to Shepard's arms and Hayden was like pulling one down before it got there, I bet you they would have thrown the flag. You know what I mean? It's just kind of yeah. the visual of the whole yep. thing. All right, finally, Maurice and Montclair. He's going to wrap us up. What's up, Mo? Hi, Mo. Maurice. Hey, what's up, gentlemen? How you doing? Doing Good. well, buddy. Hey, man. Uh, I just want to get right get right into it. I think yesterday, um, you know, it was, a, it was a good game. There's a lot to, you know, take away from that game as far as positive. Man, but, I'm, you know, I'm sitting here watching the game, and I really believe, honestly. And, you know, it's like beating a dead horse for God. How long – or how many games or instances does it have to take to realize that Eric Flowers really isn't a good football player? That's my opinion, but... No, but Maurice, sure Maurice, people, but what's your answer? It, uh, I, somebody, man. No! Those, you can't say the, somebody. I'm not blame the, no, because there isn't uh, a somebody out okay, there right okay, now. Okay, okay, okay. So is Chad Wheeler that horrible. He's that much worse than Flowers. He must be. Eric Flowers, uh, Maurice, let me tell you, I can, I can, I'm being completely honest with you. Eric Flowers was much better than him. Yes. In practice, Eric Flowers in the summer was much better than Wheeler. They gave Wheeler a chance to win that job. He could not do it. He wasn't even good enough to earn first team reps in practice. Okay, that, that that's 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 fair enough. And you know, you just listed you know the teams that we play and the defenses. You know, what I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a rough. Game. I understand that's a great defense that we played yesterday. Still think we should have won the game. You know what I'm saying? But um, I just feel like with a guy, you know, like like that, you know, people are going to get beat on the O line. It, it, it's the game. But, of course. You know, he blatantly kicked the guy. Like it's just horrible to watch sometimes, man. <laughs> Not. But I feel, it's frustrating. I feel you, man. I feel you. Yeah, I, I, you know, I just feel like I'm gonna just wrap up here. I feel like you know, um, to uh, mention these two players, Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard. I think they're good players, but to become great, you know, they had like 
their 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 fair share of drop season in the past, but I think right. to get to that next level, man, they gotta they gotta really short those and to keep drives alive and, and Maurice, you know, to make those catches, man. I think those guys, if you ask them, would say the same exact thing. Yep. yep. And, and and you know, people criticize the Giants for taking a guy like Saquon who was watching the game and like, see, he's not even doing anything. The guy has a unique ability to even if you feel like you have him bottled up. He's always a threat to hit a home run, sort of like how OBJ is at the wide receiver position. You just never know. He sure is. I think the defense, I think the defense played well. I, I still I got to holler at Landon. I still think Landon got to keep his eyes out of the backfield when they ran that little that little fake uh, play action and the guy slipped out of the backfield. You know, he got he got to be disciplined, more disciplined out there. But I think it's a good You're right about that, too. Start. I think it's a good start. But um, you know the 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 O line really has to tighten up, and somebody really has to get Eric Flowers on board. Thank you guys, and have a great day. Mo, good call. Appreciate it, my friend. Always good to hear from you. It's funny because you and I both agreed when he said somebody. We're like, no, they're not somebody. Oh, I, I was waiting for it. <laughs> oh, no. I was waiting for it. Yeah. No but trust way. me, guys. People don't cut good offensive tackles. Yeah. It's an epidemic around the league. All right. It, they don't cut good offensive tackles. They just don't. Anyway, I, uh, final thoughts, Chef, before we say goodbye. Well, I, I and it would end it with that cause is that you know so you go back and you say well you know why didn't we find somebody in the off season or through the draft and you just gotta you gotta trust the organization and what they've seen in their evaluation. They and, did pay Nate Solder. Yeah, I mean you can't have yeah you're right they don't have a lot exactly so <laughs> there you go you know but I'm saying like a backup to or somebody to compete right. with, no, with him, um, but. You know, you never know. And, well, I, and again, I think Wheeler was given a legitimate. Sure I mean, remember, they said that it was going to be a competition. An open competition, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and really, I mean. Now, they, they didn't bring in a veteran. If that's your complaint, I get it. But what can I tell you? And, and uh, it's just something. Now, one thing I did, and I'll leave with this, that I was happy to see yesterday was that when he was struggling, Coach Shermer did put, get, he got him help. He put he put Wheeler came in the game on a couple of situations. Ellison was over there. Ellison was over there. So they they, they didn't they didn't just great you know, point. turn their shoulder and say we're well, you it's your deal, dude. Yeah, figure it out. Like last year, that seemed to be the point. You know, you got to work it out. Um, but this time, at least they 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 were able to take a receiver off the field and put somebody in there to help them, and that that, that worked. Thank you, Jeff. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Tomorrow it'll be uh, I believe it tomorrow it is Russ, Russ, it's a Russ and show. Lance tomorrow. Russ and Lance. So we have the booster seats ready. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I had to take a shot. You know I love. Uh, you know I love you guys. Okay. You know I love you. The Jeff, phone booster right it. underneath here. <laughs> we see the phone booster. We'll see you tomorrow <laughs> on Giants.com, everybody. <laughs> Remember, Big Blue Kickoff Live was presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to an amazing Giants prizes throughout the year. We'll see you tomorrow. Adios.